Card Games TV One podcast. The game ain't rocket science. It's more like tic tac toe. Uh, keep seeing this pattern happen over and over again. People still. I mean, the way I look at it realistically, if I think about it, it's not that people don't know no better. It's just that people are choosing to know no better. If that makes sense, right? They're choosing to deliberately try to sell this false narrative right of a certain color is bad like wasn't it not that long ago yellow was bad and then not that long ago green was bad color and then now this week black is bad apparently black is a bad color and then of course the reasons for it being bad are not even logical right they're not justified they're a poor excuse they're a long reach for saying that the color black is bad, considering the fact how generic black is, and it's deliberately meant to be generic, so you can splash in any other deck. So if anything, any deck that has overall in it has a little black. <laughs> so saying that the color itself is is weak makes no sense. It makes sense to say that black is less popular in this format or something like that. That makes sense to say. Hate when people try to say like, oh the color's not good because Bandai this, Bandai that. It's like you acting like Bandai didn't create new black cards in the new set. The new set has black cards. They didn't skip out making cards for black. There is black leaders, there are black cards. You're just not using them because you're not you're not playing black. Since you're not playing a black deck, of course all these new black cards are useless to you. So it's not that black is bad or black, you know, is not getting love or support or whatever you want to call it. It's y'all, the players, they're choosing not to play black. Y'all choosing to play whatever y'all want to play. And so far, Gamma, be, here's the funny thing. If Gamma 1 and 2 was black, right, if it was black, which to a certain degree would make a little bit of sense because there are a lot of black Android cards. You know the mirror stuff but anyway the point is is if you know if gamma was black then it'd be the best black deck in the format but it's not they chose to make the leader blue and they made they chose to make the cards in the deck blue if they made it black instead you know what i mean then black will be popular so they didn't they made it they made it blue and they made it essentially soul striker 2.0 Notice no one's really rocking Soul Striker right now. Why? Because they got Gamma 1 and 2 as a replacement. So think about that. You know, that's the thing. It's, it's, it's really not about colors. Because if it was about color, or if it was actually about like a certain character, right? A certain specific leader, then that leader, color, whatever, will still be popular. But a lot of times it's just functionality. Right? It's, it's an ability to do something that isn't common. Soul Striker's only work value comes from untapped energy. You take that ability away, he's trash. Common sense. Right? Gamma 1 and, and 2 take away the ability to, to have 3 energy in active mode during your opponent's turn. The leader will be trash. People will be complaining about the leader's mid, you know, average at best. 
It's only because of one small detail. One small detail is what makes a card good in some people's eyes. Just one small detail. But a lot of people try to act like it's bigger. You know, it's more complicated than that. You know, they try to complicate, you know, rocket science, right? They try to make it seem like it's very complicated. The only select few can understand the value of certain cards. It's like, no, it doesn't take a genius to see value in, in, a, in a leader that untaps energy. That's a noob. Somebody who just played the, started playing the game yesterday can see the value in that. You don't need to be an expert. You don't have to be playing the game since set one to see the value in untapping energy, right? Doesn't take you playing from set one or playing, or even have experience playing many other card games, have over 20 years of card game experience to see the value in, 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 in a card that draws or a card that board wipes or anything like that. Like, doesn't take genius level intellect to notice these things, to see the value in these things. These are blatantly obvious things. That's the point. It's obvious. And if it's obvious, it's simple. And if it's simple, it ain't rocket science. A lot of people try to act like the game is, is, is a game of chess. Like this card game is a game of chess. Or most card games, like it's a game of chess. Try to make it more complicated than it really is. It's like, no, it's not that complicated. It's least complicated. As a player... You're supposed to make the game simpler. You're not supposed to make the game complicated. You're not supposed to be jumping through a whole bunch of hoops just to do something, right? You're supposed to be able to tell, you know, when something's worth playing versus something that's not worth playing. Because something that's worth playing is easy to play. Now, I like to, you know, you know, play difficult strategies, you know, do things that, you know, take a lot of time and effort to achieve just because I like a challenge. But... Logically, when the goal is to win, you want the, the quickest, easiest route, right? The, the, you want the route of less resistance, right? You want to take the easiest path possible. Especially as a competitive player, I expect to see that. I expect to see more competitive players, you know, do that. That's supposed to be a normal standard among competitive players is that they prefer everything to be easy and streamlined and straightforward so they don't try to do any of the, you know, what some people call gimmick, Right? You know, try to try to try to play some type of elaborate combo or strategy to try to win a game when they'll just simplify and just you know shrink it down to a, a you know basic strategy. You know, first four damage, next two requires a little effort, the last two is hardest type stuff, and just break the game down to the simplest form. That's what I try to do. I try to simplify the game. You know, for those who like to complicate, because some people think the game is complicated and part of it is because they're constantly being told how difficult and complicated it is that you got people out here trying to tell you how to play the game but the way they tell you is in a way that makes it sound hard and difficult i'd be seeing people you know videos but also be seeing people in the comment section you know literally like agreeing or you know repeating what they heard in the video that they saw as if it's truth, and it's like, nah, that was that's somebody's point of view or somebody's opinion. That's not a fact. That's not a reality. You know. So you got people being influenced to believe something that ain't really true. Like believe a certain color isn't good just because it's not a popular color right now. So they think, oh yeah, you know, the color's not good because you know, 
such and such. And it's like, but that's not the case. The color is good. It's just the players aren't. The players aren't good, right? They're not putting in the effort to play something. I've said this before on one of my old other podcasts, or maybe one of my master class, where every deck's the same. An aggro deck is an aggro deck regardless of color. A hand control deck is a hand control deck regardless of color. A mill deck is a mill deck regardless of color. Color is not the determining factor if a deck win, wins or not. Right? It's the strategy that you're using and how consistent the strategy is in achieving your goal is what determines if a deck wins or not. This is why we keep promoting the idea of players being good at the game more so, well, the ones who are, well, us who are promoting the idea that players need to get good at the game so that way they're not constantly chasing the quote-unquote best deck in the format because it's not about the deck ever. It's about the players. The reason why most decks, you know, top and are considered the best deck is because of overrepresentation. That means a lot of people are using the deck, therefore it looks like it's the best deck just because a lot of people are using it. If one person, like the way you know a deck is really good, if one person took the deck to like a 100-man uh, tournament, right, and won the event, it's like, damn, only one person played that one deck and topped the whole event. They beat everyone else, you know, that they played against to get, you know, to get to first place. That's how you know that's the best deck, right? If you want to talk about like decks, you know, capability of, of doing things, that would be the best deck. It wouldn't be... The, the, it wouldn't be, you know, top eight shouldn't consist of four, four of the same deck. That just shows that it's over-representation, over over which means by, by, by over-majority popularity of the deck being played, yeah, you're going to see a lot of top cuts having, you know, top eight having a whole bunch of the same deck. It's not because it's the best deck. It's because there's too many people playing it. So, of course, you're going to have a whole bunch of people up there. Right? And then the, what adds to it is the players. Right? The players who play it. You know, some players are just, regardless of what deck they play, they're going to be good with it. So, of course, if they play a deck that everybody else is playing, of course they're going to do good. One, because they're a good player. It's not the deck. It's them, the player. The deck is just... <laughs> Is, is just coming along for the ride, right? The deck is benefiting from that good player playing it. And that's it. It's not the other way around. The player's not benefiting from the deck. The deck's benefiting from the player. You know, um, in Yu-Gi-Oh! I see that a, a lot, that a deck only really was topping, like, w- when it wasn't overrepresented. obviously. Largely was most on average was because of the side deck. I made like a video a long, long time ago about the best deck in any format is the side deck. And that still holds true and applies even to Dragon Ball Super because, you know, Dragon Ball Super does have a side deck. This is part of why, I, you know, one of the main reasons I don't agree with side deck being part of a card game, especially for, you know, competitive play. Um, that's why, you know, I personally don't side deck. You know, proof of what's good is that whatever you build, you could play it consistently back to back, multiple duels, as is, and do good. The deck's not good if you have to side deck. If you have a side deck, your deck's trash. That's just my viewpoint.
to each their own. People will disagree, obviously, but that is the, that is the truth. That is the reality I've seen. That if you need a side deck, your deck's trash. Because side deck does not exist to make the game fair and balanced and give your opponent a fighting chance against your deck. No, we all know that's not what a side deck's for. Side deck is to give you the upper hand, the unfair advantage, or whatever you want to call it. It's meant to give you the ability to beat your opponent. It's essentially like letting Batman have kryptonite against Superman. It's like, instead of them fighting with what they naturally have, Batman gets to have kryptonite. That's essentially what side deck is. You just get to have the weakness of your opponent, of your opponent's deck. That's it. That's an, a side deck is not about balance. It's about offsetting, you know, the obvious situation that your deck is trash. Because if your deck is good and your deck is so-called, quote-unquote, the best deck in the format, it, it shouldn't need a side deck. I always thought that that was a weird thing. You know, the concept people talking about, oh, this deck is tier one or tier zero. This deck is the best deck in the format, blah, 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 blah. Yet it still has a side deck. And it's like, how is it the best when it still has a side deck? If anything, I should see the opposite. The best decks in the format should should not have a side deck because they are the best deck in the format. So they don't need anything extra other than what's already in the main deck. And then, then every other deck that's trash compared to the best deck in the format need a side deck to give them a fighting chance against the best deck in the format. That's what I should be seeing. But why are we seeing the so-called best decks in the format have side decks? That don't make no sense to me. Right? Make that make sense. You know, further proving that it's like, yeah, the game is not rocket science. You know, either is the meta and, you know, it was funny to hear a lot of people talking about they were surprised to see, you know, what decks were pop, you know, pop, you know, topping in the last regional or, or what people were playing. And it's like, that's not a surprise. Any, any deck is viable. Any deck is playable. It's just a matter of does the player want to play the deck? What does this player want to do? You know, somebody was playing Boma. They topped the regional. You know, they won the event with Boma. And the main reason why is because they had a very defensive deck in the best of one, you know, game. So obviously being very defensive is very useful in best of one because that just means you don't die by turn four. That means you last longer. So good for the grind game, good for prolonging the match. And the match is shorter, shorter time because it's just best of one. So having a deck that, you know, can help you stay in the game longer so time can run out. You can win in time. You can win because your opponent decked out. Or you can win because you knocked your opponent out. Those are the three most common ways you're, you're going to win. Especially competitively. You're going to win because of timeout. You're going to win because of knockout. Or you're going to win because of deck out. Those are the three things you got to deal with when you play competitively. You know? I've, I've had that scenario happen to me. Where I was, where I, where I was going for game, but time ran out and I lost. Even though I was going for game, I was in the winning position, but time ran out and I lost. So these are the kind of things you gotta deal with. You gotta understand how these, you know, how how it works, right? How how you can knock your opponent out of, you know, by dealing the make damage. How you can deck your opponent out. How you can, you know. Uh, use up the time that y'all have for the match to end in your favor. Like these are the things you gotta learn and understand, but they're not that complicated. Like I said, not rocket science. It's simple. 
you just gotta find cards that you can use to help you uh, achieve these things. You know, there's a couple cards that I'm I'm gonna make a video eventually where it's gonna sh I'm just gonna showcase a couple of, like cards that mill and have that as a um, you know you know it's like here here's some cards you could tech in whether you main deck or side deck doesn't matter right um, they can help you uh, mill your point I mean if you're playing best of one well best of one side so clearly you can always you can always side deck you know you can side deck it in it doesn't have to be a main deck card but you know having you know mill cards in your side or main gives you the ability to have that backup ability to backup strategy to win through deck out if you can't do it through knockout or timeout at least try to incorporate some mill uh, i mean it's good if you can incorporate some hand control because that will help reduce your opponent's ability to you know out out um out hand size you right out resource you so that way you have a fighting you have a chance to at least try to go for knockout most often our goal as players is the knockout right it's dealing our point eight damage and winning that way but that gets harder uh the more the faster your opponent can draw cards um you know all these free negates and stuff like that and other factors they have to take to account uh, you know, blocker, unisons, or just blockers in general. Things like that, you know, obviously get in the way. So it's going to be harder to deal the last two damage, like I always say. So you need some type of alternative way of, you know, finishing out the game. Whether it's timing your opponent out, you know, by making sure their life is lower than yours. Or, you know, decking them out. You know, that's the point we're getting to. We're just getting to that simple three three way win strategy and now you just got to incorporate all that into one deck or into all your decks that way regardless of what happens regardless of your matchups in some shape way or form as long as you're paying attention to the to the situation pay attention to the board state pay attention to the time if you're at a tournament right your ability to win will be more will be higher if you know if you're aware of the situation you know if you're aware that right now it's the best time to go for game or you're aware that you know you could deck your your points is going to deck out in a couple turns you might want to just keep your defenses up instead of trying to knock them out which can put you in a bad situation because you might end up tapping out and end up you know in a clapback now or you put out attackers to attack your opponent and they end up blocking the attacks, right? So, you know, stopping your attacks. But since you you put out you put out attackers, not blockers, right? Or defenders or defense cards. Now your opponent swings back at you, and if time runs out and you have less life than them, they can end up winning just because of that. Just because you didn't defend your life. Especially if you're in a position where you have more life than your opponent, and time is running out, you might not want to try to go in for damage. You already have more life than your opponent. What you need to do is, is, is maintain your defense, right? Keep your defenses up so you can keep your life up. So you can just win in that, right? These, this is not the typical thing, right? This is not the thing that, you know, like I said, most players uh, plan to, you know, plan to do or try to do. Our, our main goal is always to do eight damage because 
you know that's just the base the basic aspect of the game is doing eight damage but since we have other ways of winning winning in time winning through deck out right gotta take advantage of it right you definitely don't want to lose because you decked out you definitely don't want to lose because time ran out you, you had less life than your opponent and the only reason you have less life is because you 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 activate your leader's effect or you played or you played a, a sparking negate or something you know and that caused you to lose you know life obviously and then you just lost because you tried not to take double strike or triple strike down you, you trying not to lose causes you to lose think about you know the irony in that right you trying not to lose by playing a card to negate to an attack is the reason you lost right more reason why you want to keep your energy up so you can play your you know your negates and stuff like your sparking negates for example without um you know taking a life just play it by actually tapping energy i was in a, in a i just did a gameplay where i ended up in that scenario i had three life my opponent had three life they had 19 cards in the deck i had 20 cards in my deck and my opponent you know was trying to go for game and of course, I'm playing Zamasu, to Zamasu, so it's just a matter of me taking enough damage to awaken. And from yeah, I was at three life, so I just need to take one damage or two damage, and I can awaken. So all I have to do is stop his uh, um, triple strike attack, which I did. But for some reason, my opponent didn't realize that I negated the attack and tried to combo into it, hoping that he can win off of a triple strike attack and it's like uh no i negated that attack so right now all you have is your double strike unison attack and your leader swing right but i had enough to stop both at, uh, both attacks so i was able to stop the, the leader swing which i actually shouldn't have um when i think of you know obviously logically i should have just taken it because i could afford to take it um i don't that's the thing well, the goal, well, that's what it was. We were running out of time, so that's why I had to uh, negate all the attack. I'm thinking, like, I shouldn't have to, I shouldn't have stopped it. You know, I'm playing Zamasu set two. It's like, oh, that's why, because of time. That's the importance. See, if, if, if time wasn't a factor, or if I had more time, then, yes, I would have, you know, just taken the damage so that way I can awaken and just increase my hand size, right? And then next turn, you know, a mirror creator absorbed my opponent for game because that's one of the cards I had. That's why I ended up paying one energy to out combo his leader swing because he attacked the leader just for 15k. I'm like, all right, I can out combo that with Miro and then negate the the double strike attack from his unison because he had the Jiren unison and I could stop that with a negate and still have a body on board, you know, to use um, offensively or whatever. But and then, of course, on my turn, I can awaken by using my leader's effect. But I would have to have, you know, the extra time. Point was, the time ran out. You know, 30 minutes. The time ran out. And it's like, all right, we both three life. But I have more cards than you. So if the game is going to be determined by, by some metric, by some measure, since we both have the same life, you can't use that as a measure. So we have to measure something else. And deck size can be used as a measurement. So since I have more cards, one card more than my opponent, that could be the measure, right? 
And what's ironic, obviously, I played 60 cards in Monster Deck, so my opponent was playing Cooler Mill, um, and he milled me a lot, but because I'm playing a 60-card deck, I still ended up having more cards in my deck than he did. That's why I had one card more than he did. So the irony in that, that I could just win by just that, uh, you know, that situation. <coughs> I actually don't know how uh, how to de determine, you know, um, best of one. Oh, I think what they'll probably do is give you five more minutes. I think that's what it was. Five more minutes. That's what they would have done. Huh. I should keep that in mind. I, you know, add add that to the to the video series, right? Add the five more minutes. If 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 thirty minutes, if yeah, if I if I hit thirty minutes, but the game ends is technically a tie um, because we both have the same life then I will just add five more minutes to the clock as it were and I'll just keep recording five minutes longer and play out and see what happens that's what I, that's what I should do yeah five more minutes yeah it's the overtime thing so that's probably what they do yeah anyway you know learning right learning the like competitive landscape as they say but you know I'm, I'm still you know flabbergasted as they say of how a lot of the well the players that are outspoken right the ones who make videos the ones that's out there making posts and stuff like that how they're outspoken with the idea of like trying to make the game sound more complex than it really is so that way they can sound I'm, I'm gonna say so that way they can sound cooler that way they can sound so skillful it, when they're doing the bare minimum right when they're doing basic stuff they're not doing great amazing things it's like all right good you're winning good for you but it's probably not because of like some creative spicy tech or something bad you're winning at the most basic level right there's a possibility that your opponent doesn't know what they're doing, so you got the advantage just because you're, you you have more uh, experience in the game than they do. So that's why you won, because they're less experienced. Or they made a misplay, and that benefited you. Or, um, or you did something that you're not supposed to do, like you played a card you weren't, you weren't supposed to be able to play because you didn't meet the conditions. Like, let's say you have one marker on a blue unison right and you got still trunks your opponent's you know battle card and that is the reason you won because you're able you know they tapped out to play it you got sealed and now on your turn you're just gonna swing in for game and they're tapped out so it'll be hard for them to defend and they probably have a low hand size so you're gonna take advantage of that but in reality if somebody was paying attention they would have realized you couldn't got sealed because you have one marker on the unison not two and you need two or more markers in order to play God Steal for free. So stuff like that matters. Or maybe you tap the wrong energy to play a card. So in reality, you know, you actually couldn't play the card because you, you tapped the wrong energy for it. Or let's say you just didn't have the right energy, but somehow you overlooked the fact that you needed a specific amount of like blue energy or something or yellow energy to play a card and you actually 
played it with different energy and now it, since your opponent wasn't paying attention as well as you weren't paying attention you end up playing something you actually would not be able to play i've seen a scenario where somebody tried to play a spark in the gate you know when they only have four cards in their drop or three cards because they weren't paying attention to their drop and they realize oh shit i can't play it so that was a big deal right they if they knew they didn't have enough for the spark in the gate they would have made sure that they comboed to guarantee there's enough for the spark in the gate that way the spark in the gate can be useful but they weren't paying attention and now they're in a bad situation so stuff like that can benefit you just like stuff like that can hurt you if you're not paying attention to your drop area you might end up trying to play a spark in the gate when you couldn't and let's say you did play the spark in the gate when you only have four cards in your drop and your opponent didn't notice and you didn't notice and you and you end up winning because of it all right you end up surviving because let's say their attack was like a quadruple strike so then you're like oh spark in the gate i'll take one damage instead of four but in reality you're not supposed to be able to play the spark in the gate because you don't have five cards in your drop so so you actually would have taken four damage and lost you know what I mean? Stuff like that is important. That's why it's important to pay attention to the board state. Make sure that everybody's doing what they're supposed to do and doing what they're allowed to do based off of the, the card mechanics. Like I said, the game is not complicated, so people shouldn't, people shouldn't be making that many mistakes um, when they're playing. And if mistakes are happening a lot, it's probably because people are playing you know, cards that have so many effects on on the card that makes the game you know that makes it where they could accidentally misplay right they, they could play a card that has like three you know three sentence worth of text right three you know lines worth of text and the last line says that they can't play something like let's say it can't play battle cards but for some reason they start playing a whole bunch of battle cards after they play that card not realizing that the card they played actually prevents them from playing more battle cards but they still play more battle cards and take advantage of the situation of having a whole bunch of battle cards they can swing with. But in reality, they shouldn't have that. So that type of stuff makes the game more complicated. Just like you know the other stuff I mentioned before about playing cards that where you search. Oh, let me look at the top seven cards in my deck. It's like, okay, take your time <laughs> looking at the top seven cards in your deck, picking a card putting the cards back, shuffling, handing me your deck so I can cut it, me handing the deck back to you. Let's, let's, let's spend time doing all of that when you could have just played something that draws a card and keep it moving, right? Be faster, efficient. Speed is a factor. It's important. But we're uh, too surprised that that's that the reason why most people do play like the one drops that lets them look at the top of the deck to search out a card. Um, the real reason they do it is is because of that is the, the it slows down the game it, it takes time to do that you know so so be it if that's their strategy to spend as much time doing things on their turn so that way their opponent has less time on their turn if that's their strategy then that's their strategy and that's what um that's what time you know time matches promote they promote the idea of time wasting right 
you know, it's all about time management and the fact that your opponent can literally try to manage time so they have more time than you do, you know, more turns than you because they took longer on their turns than you. That's an unfortunate scenario. Granted, can you, 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 you could do the same, right? You could, you know, take long to play your turns, just, you know, but then that just creates a toxic game state because y'all are literally just making plays and moves and decisions based off of just wasting time instead of actually playing out the match, right? Instead of playing out the game, trying to, instead of trying to race to, to, to the finish line, right? To the end of the game, to the outcome of who wins. You know, to how busy trying to prolong the game so that way y'all win more by luck than by skill. So that's the unfortunateness. Skill matters. I'm a fan of the, the idea of skill. You know, skill should matter more, but randomness is a factor. The fact that your opponent could play it in such a way, could play in such a way that benefits them, so that that way you don't have as much time doing the things you want to do on your turn, make the plays you want to play, get to the turn that you need, especially if your if your um, uh, win con is like a five drop or something, you need to get to turn five to use it. Or if you have a turn seven win con, you need to get to turn seven. And if you and your opponent are taking too long to get to that point, no surprise <laughs> if you don't get to play the card because y'all took too long. So... That's the kind of stuff that I be seeing. But, you know, like I said, man, the game is not difficult. It's not rocket science. But there's going to be a lot of people out there that's going to make it seem like it is. They're going to try to act like it is. Because they want you to believe that it's super, super difficult. That's the funny thing. I talk about mastering the game, but it's not mastering because the game is hard. No, mastering because the game is simple. The idea is just for me to understand the game in its entirety right understand the different aspects of the game and understand why it's so simple right in general mastering something it's not about understanding the complexity of something it's about understanding that it's simple and then why why everybody else thinks it's complicated you're the one who realizes it's simple this is why most people who are really good at something it looks effortless. It looks like, you know, it's easy for them to do. And it's because it is. It is easy. Because they understand what it takes for it, something to be easy. So, of course, it's easy for them. But for everybody else, it's things are complicated because they don't understand. And that's the thing. Not everyone has the same level of intellect. Not everyone has the same knowledge or experience. So, of course, no surprise when you have, you have people of different of views, different opinions, right? That's why you have people, t you know, try to make the game sound more complicated than it really is. And you got some people like myself, who's like, no, it's simple. It's here, here, here's here's what you need to know. You know, the first four damage the easiest. Next two require a little effort. Last two is the hardest. So in reality, you're focus when you build a deck. You're focusing on dealing the last two damage, figuring out a strategy that will help you deal the last two damage. Whether it's burn, you know, or it's attacking for the damage, or alternative win cons like decking your opponent out, 
winning in time or an auto win con effect, an effect that says you win just because you achieved this, this condition. You know what I mean? And that's it. It boils down to that simplicity. But a lot of people try to make it complicated. They try to make it seem like, nah, nah, the game is about like three drops and two drops and, and this seven drop, like the importance of this seven drop and, the, and this six drop over here. Um, um, having these ratios, you gotta have like two copies of this card, two copies of that card. That, that, that changes, you know, the outcome of the, of the games and blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. <laughs> that, that's, that's mind games. You're, you're like tricking yourself into thinking that that's valuable thinking that splitting up your ratios into different numbers is going to increase your your the likelihood of you winning. It actually does not. Having more copies of the same thing is what mathematically increases your chances of winning in that with that uh, win con or with that uh, strategy. Like if you have a specific outcome you want, having multiple copies to achieve that outcome is what's going to get you the outcome. So, like for example, the death and tactics strategy I have. I have multiple cards in the death and tactics strategy where they do the same thing. I have a three drop that burns you if you play a counter skill. I have a four drop that burns you if you play a counter skill. I have two cards that do the same thing. They have the same attack power. They, they're both 20Ks, but one costs three, the other one costs four. They're essentially the same card, just one costs one more than another, which means turn three, I could play the three drop, and turn four, I could play the four drop. Okay. They both have the same effect. Logically, if I, had to, if I have to choose one of the two, because I don't have space in my deck to put both of them, then obviously I'll pick the three drop because it's cheaper. I could play it on turn three for three, or I could play on turn three of turn four for three and still have one energy up for like a negate or something, or a champa. So I can, you know, double strike somebody for game. Or drop Mirror Creator Absorb for one energy, right? And swing at my opponent. Swing at my opponent. My, and if my opponent plays in the gate, bang. Burn you. You know? If my opponent tries to drop Cash Matter and Frieza on my Mirror Creator Absorb, for example. Boom. Burn you. You know what I mean? So, you know, that kind of stuff. It's, it's simplicity. But the thing is, the irony is that a lot of people try to make things out out to be way more complicated than they really should be. While I keep trying to make the game easier and easier and easier. You know? And that's why I was doing the Boma burn thing. You know, it's like, okay, Boma, you know, puts up defense. People like the idea of, you know, being able to block attacks here and there. And, and their main focus was to draw a lot of cards and, you know, double strike and dump their whole hand into the attack and go for game. That's cool and all, but it's like, but that's not always going to be reliable. That's not always going to happen. Um, so let's come up with an alternative. Since the deck is really good at, you know, defending, so it's really good at getting getting to late game, why not find some alternative late game uh, win cons, right? Instead of trying to rely on the whole dumping your whole hand into an attack strategy, why not have a burn strategy, right? So that's what I started doing. You know, start putting burn into into Boma and created Boma burn, and you know, obviously a lot of other people like the idea, so they've been using it, even though they probably won't give me credit for it. But anyway, you know, stuff like that. You know, even even the idea of like trying to incorporate mill, even playing colors other than black in Hatchet, for example. 
is is a way of doing things differently. It's like, okay, let's take advantage of this leader's floodgate ability, you know, make, you know, permanent, right? It's floodgate ability and, you know, it's defensive capabilities. And then since we can, you know, stay in the game longer, we can draw, draw out the game, the likelihood of decking somebody out is very high. You know, I've been in scenarios where my opponent was like drastically, you know, low on cards in their deck, you know, playing against Hatch. They were too busy drawing, 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 and trying to find cards to try to, you know, kill me with. And I'm constantly blocking, defending, removing their their threats, forcing them to have to keep drawing and trying to draw into more threats, trying to draw into more things that they could try to use to win. But since my, you know, defense is strong, my iron defense, eventually they're going to get to a point where they're going to run out of gas, as they say. So that's essentially what decking out is, is running out of gas. So if you can defend long enough for your opponent to run out of gas, run out of cards they can draw from their deck, you know, you'll win. Um, don't want to drag out this podcast for too long. I am obviously getting tired. But just remember, man, this game is not hard. At least... It's not as hard as you think it is or as hard as you clearly make it out to be. And tons of people out there definitely try to make it out to be harder than it really is. And it's not that hard. Like, it really does be feeling weird that some people are really trying to make it seem like the game is difficult. And it's like, no, the game ain't that difficult. It's relatively easy. You just got to practice these different ways of winning, right? You know, time out, knock out, and deck out. Master those three, right? Get used to, you know, uh, consistently um, achieving one of those three outcomes. Whether you win because you have more life than your opponent, you win, or you win because your opponent ran out of cards, or you win because you dealt eight damage. Whichever outcome comes first, as they say. Whichever outcome comes first is the one that you'll, you'll be winning with. If you're really good at making your opponent deck out, then that's, that's your win con, right? That's, that's your... That's your go-to strategy. If you're good at knocking people out, then, hey, go, go that route until you stay on. If you're good at, you know, um, you know, timing people out, right? You're good at winning in time. You're good at keeping your life, your life high while your opponent's drastically reducing their life because of their card effects or their leader awakening ability or what they, have to, they have to take life in order to awaken early, whatever. Whatever they're doing to make their life go lower, but you're constantly defending your life and keeping your, you know, guard up, as they say, then... If, if you're really good at that, then take advantage of it. That's the thing. It's like, if you're good at dealing damage, then that's that's your thing. If you're good at defending your life, that's your thing. You know what I mean? If you're good at, you know, time management, then that's your thing. So find out what's your thing and master it, use it, and the game will be so much easier because it's definitely not that complicated. You just got to understand what works best for you and that's what makes the game really, really easy. Stop making it difficult because you're you're more of a, let's say, more of a defense player, but you're trying to play aggro, or you're more of a control player, but you keep trying to play mill. And that don't make no sense. Play what what best suits you. You know. You know if if you're good if you're if you're good if you're good if you're a, a good aggro player, then that's what you should be doing. You should be playing aggro instead of trying to play control or hand control or mill or some type of 
wombo combo, you know, the win con, like where you, where you, where you tap 60 energy and you win. Like instead of doing that, if you're really good at aggro, then that should be the way you play. Play aggro and win, and just get your get your W's that way. Make the game easier for yourself, not harder by trying to do the opposite of what you're naturally good at. And that's the end of the video.